we're live. I'm here as Andrew from Poppy Liberty, Matt of Atwell Kingfield. How are you guys doing? Oh, it's Everybody good to be going? here. <laughs> so this is uh, Andrew's like third or fourth time on the Aussie Tournament Roundtable. This is Matt's first time. Uh, Matt, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself before we get into it. I... Filthy papist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am the representative, apparently, of of Holy Orthodoxy here. <laughs> yeah, the papists had to go to the Orthodoxy to, to uh, fill a slot, so we the Orthodox <laughs> saving our butts again. <laughs> yeah, yeah I texted every, I texted every Catholic I know. We, we really tried. What do you, what do you what, what can you say? Us, us Orthodox, we're known for our for our consistency and dependability. <laughs> and it's not like a libertarian. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm Matt. I uh, one of the hosts of the King Pill podcast that is is uh, kind of on hiatus because I just relocated to Texas and I'm in the process of of stopping being poor. So uh, busy with work, working selling real estate, and I just just got back home and today in texas it's about as hot as satan's butt crack it is just absolutely <laughs> death outside and i was running around all over the place showing houses and got a text from andrew and said hey we need someone to, to step in and and make fun of liberals being mad about roe v wade being being repealed so i was like i'm there there's, awesome. there's no question i'm there Oh yeah, I mean you know what it is in te in Texas that uh, you know it's Pride Month, so God's giving them a preview of what hell's going to be like. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, this getting this news on the end, getting this news not only on the anybody doesn't know it, obviously, anybody who doesn't already know, well, we was overturned, and getting that news on the <clears throat> the feast day of the Sacred Heart, Jesus, and at the end of Pride Months, you could not end Pride Month on a better way. Like, have we profaned on Holy Pride Month? Have we profaned I, I, it? I think so. I think so. It, it, the rest of five months is gonna be different. People just complaining, and I, I am happy to like ruin. Like, I hope from now on, every five months people bring up this is the celebration of the end of abortion, of an end of Roe v. Wade. And I just Actually, uh, you know, Ken Paxton of Texas, you know, said he's gonna make this a Texan holiday. Did he really? Yo. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's like to, com to commemorate the 70 million murdered by you know, abortion, abortion. It's like really just a perfect a banger of a tweet. I'm like, oh, this guy's great. Yeah. On the Orthodox awesome. calendar, today is the feast day celebrating the birth of St. John the Forerunner, which is, a, which is perfectly appropriate because yeah. he was, Herod tried to essentially abort him as well. So it's, there's, today's a special day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of good stuff happened today, but it's been a good day. It's been a real good day. But <clears throat> so let's talk about the news real quick. Um, is anybody how about this? Um, was anybody shocked when this happened? Because I, I when I first started to take the the news that they were going to uh, it was gonna be up for uh, up to be overturned, and all the it kind of got leaked out, and everybody saw like protesting and literally had an assassination attempt against Kavanaugh. I was banking on, okay, they've intimidated these judges. They're not going to go forward with it now. And they're going to claim this is how you protect democracy from now on is protests and attempted murders. So I, that was fully what I expected to happen. So I, I was worse off today to get this news. What about y'all? Uh, I'm on record a, a few months ago at the time when they, this thing first leaked, saying that, uh, you know, that the, if, if I'm a sociopath, I'm not waiting until they file the uh, you know, file the thing to start intimidating judges. I would have started doing that a long time ago. <laughs> like the moment this case got to the Supreme Court and was heard, like that's the point when I start intimidating judges. You know, if I'm like an elite, that's how I would do it. So I'm thinking like, okay, if this thing got filed at all in the first place for it to even be leaked, it means that the intimidation didn't work. 
So that, you know, I went on record back then and say, hey, the intimidation already happened and it didn't work. So I think we're in good shape. I just didn't expect it to go this far just because I'm, um, I, I'm not that I'm blackpilled necessarily, although it's fashionable to to call people like me blackpilled. I'm really not. But as far as the system itself goes, I don't, I, I just don't really bank on getting wins. And I think that unambiguously, I mean, this isn't, I'm not saying this is, it's turning the tide or that, you know, I'm not, I'm not counting this as anything more than it, than it is, but this is undoubtedly a win. This is absolutely a win and I didn't expect it. So it's kind of like a, like Christmas in June for me. (laughs) Oh yeah. This is a big, big fat win. Oh, the, the Moloch uh, worshipers in the LP are so unhappy right now. Uh, Democrats too, obviously, but you know, these are, they're Democrats light. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, the Democrat the LPs. Drag. That's a good one. The LP, uh, I've been seeing a lot of libertarian people. I, I was back making some tweets about this. I'm like, this this is a bigger issue than this. Like, I mean, how about this? Um, there are a lot of them can be treated by this. This is going to spur on succession movement, which I think it it could, which was a good thing. But there's much better things out of this than this. The fact that it might spur on succession, and they seem to be only hopping on that one issue because they don't want to make a claim that abortion is actually wrong. And so it's. I don't really, I haven't really put a lot of stock in, um, in secession, trying to track it or expecting it or anticipating it. I don't think it's ever going to happen formally. I think that when, when, and if something like that happens, it's going to be kind of a, a, an informal, like by the time it actually formally happens, it's just formally recognizing what has been informally the case that the, the central federal government is just going to eventually lose the ability to project power across all 50 states Yeah, to mm. the extent that it just, the, the feds just don't show up in certain areas and it's just kind of, you fly under the radar, you know, they could show up at any point they might arbitrarily crack down on someone, but uh, they're going to have to focus as they get stretched thin. They're going to have to focus in, in, in specific areas and it's going to wind up being um, it's going to be like purple, purple states and the cities, the cities and purple states are going to be where probably the most egregious Fed crackdowns are going to happen. But I don't anticipate secession actually ever being something that that ever like that happens on a formal legislative basis or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was what happened in in uh, Rome and Byzantium was that it just cracked apart repeatedly and it would, it would reunify temporarily and then crack apart again, then reunify and crack apart even worse. And you know, and uh, you know, they had a solution to the problem where you had a uh, like one of the uh, generals who would, you know, what would happen is, you know, Rome, you know, Rome would have one of his breaks of parts where the emperor dies, and then you have like five guys, you know, all say, "Oh, I'm the I'm the emperor now," because in, in, imperator is general, so these generals basically say, "Oh, that's me now," <laughs> and mm-hmm. so they would say, you know, they of course they would get to sit together and they would solve this by cutting each other's throats, and you know, the last one last one standing wins, <laughs> and so the. Uh, Based. I don't know. Maybe we could get something like that here. I would love to see some of these these uh, elites, you know, go. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like that, I know that's how you get really stupid elites <laughs> over time because anybody with a brain's like, oh fuck no, I don't want that job. <laughs> and so yeah. you you end up with dumber and dumber, uh, you know, which is hard, dumber dumber rulers, which is kind of hard to imagine right now. <laughs> it's like, I can't. Trust I can't me, imagine. Can go that far. I I cannot imagine. I mean, did you see what was trending today? Was AF? Uh, let me make sure I get this correct here. Um, uh, let me see, it's so trended. Um, oh shit, it's not so trended. Hold on, it's a. It was something like uh, AFAB. I think is what we were saying. Like all um non-binary people can get abortions too when they're defending like transgender abortion rights. 
and it, it just like they just pushed another like the main twin thing for like an hour. So it was like, okay, they've they completely lost the pot, and they have to like try to incorporate more people into this um, demonic practice. Well, I'd be happy to uh, you know trade them you know abortion rights for a trans woman. You know if they're going to give us you know if they'll let us abolish gay marriage. <laughs> I would That's do that the next one. That's the next one. <laughs> yeah. What you might get is you might get kind of a a sort of like an informal secession where everyone just mm-hmm. starts relocating to. So you're going to get blue blue state people are going to relocate re- relocate to blue states. Red state people are going to relocate to red state. It's already happening, and this is just going to accelerate that. It's going to continue that trend, and then mm-hmm. as the as that demarcation increases, then eventually you're just going to have. The, the states just don't want anything to do with each other. They don't want to be associated. They don't want to be affiliated. I mean, I've seen people talking about like, like, like Norman lives on Twitter talking about like, can we, can we like take Texas? Can we make Texas not be a state anymore so that we can get all of their electors? And I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen. Let's just do it that way. There's been, a, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of people, <coughs> a lot of white women on TikTok today freaking out about it and say they're never going to go to a red state they're never, never going to go to a state that has outlawed abortion they'll never Deal. visit never pay money and i'm like okay yeah this is your terms are acceptable Perfect. i don't want you to come anywhere near my state this is this is fine it's anyway anyway to prevent people from moving which is why i love the whole like to say this is um don't say gay bill prevent people from wanting to teach here like anything that we any law that we put in place that prevents people from wanting to move and like subvert the, the good part of the florida that's a win Oh yeah, like that's a, that's exactly the sort of idea with, that we're going for with the with the uh, soon to be renamed uh, GOP Mises Caucus, and uh, I've already I've already filed some of the paperwork. I just have to finish filing the rest of the paperwork on on the on the uh, new have name. Have you figured out? Have you figured? Out, are you going to announce the new name soon? Uh, not quite yet. We'll wait till it's official. But okay. I got okay. other paperwork to do. But uh, yeah, the, but that's the idea. Is you need to make we need to make our our uh, our Christendom, you know, new holy Christendom. Uh, to be as inhospitable to the satanic left as much as possible. If you want to worship Moloch, you know, that's you need to be in another state and we will have a crusade against you in a few years. <laughs> if you want to worship in Moloch Minecraft. and you want to be in our state, you don't get voting rights, you don't get to own property, you don't get like you can come here and be a serf. <laughs> Slave. <laughs> <laughs> Surf's too good. The serfs were actually treated fairly nicely. That's true, yeah. You know. I mean, they, they eventually were able to buy their way into becoming capitalists. So, you know, we, we don't want to give them that much privilege. <laughs> That's true. So no, no serfs, just slaves. Yeah, you no, can be, slave, you yeah. can be uh, indentured servants who are, we'll do the, like the, like punch through the ear thing. So they're, they're, uh, anyone, <laughs> who, they anyone who's gauged through the ear is going to be. Most of them got the gazes. He said, like, right. put the clip in there. We'll get the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they mocked themselves for us. We're good. <laughs> uh, um, so has anyone seen any, um, what has been the craziest, tweet you've seen someone like losing their shit has anybody seen any crazy people like losing their shit they want to say because it's always like hilarious like the videos of people just crying and freaking out have been like the highlight of my day anybody have any funny stories of like crazy people losing their shit i saw like a uh you know what looked like a leftist uh tweeting the n-word at clarence thomas i saw that, that one that was my favorite one too yeah that one this <laughs> them because that that meme was like um was a black guy now one pizza when it was a gorilla on the other one. It said leftists when you agree with some when black people agree, leftists when black people don't agree. And yep. it's it's spot on. <laughs> Someone tweeted something about how uh they I don't remember where it was. Someone had tweeted something about how all these white women are just are just uh are, are just like barely holding in calling Clarence Thomas the N-word. And then I was scrolling through and I saw one that actually had and then it said it said tweet deleted underneath it. 
<laughs> I haven't really been on. I was I was busy working all day, so I stopped and ate a little bit of lunch, and I was able to scroll through. And it looked like it was a really really good day to be on Twitter today. Oh, it, it was, was the best. It was pretty fun. Really fantastic. I've, I've been on. I've been on most of my family and relatives are pro stories leftists. So I've been on Facebook this. Um, Saying hoes be mad. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I, all I do on Facebook now is Catholic posts and then hardcore right wing posts. There's nothing else happening there. I'm just there to show family members. I, uh, I posted that now it's time to ban birth control. I Let's think that's go. The, that's oh, yeah. Clarence, that, you know, good old Clarence, he actually said that. You know, he was, he's he was so saying awesome. now we need to, uh, you know, focus on the anti sodomy laws and the gay marriage laws and the contraception laws. I'm like, yeah. God, I, lo- I love that dude. <laughs> that, every time I see an interview with that guy, I'm always laughing. Like, he's just, just incredible. God protect that man. Yeah, he needs <laughs> it. Smothered, he needs it. <laughs> they smothered the wrong justice. Because <laughs> 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 they definitely see- did smother him. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that guy didn't die naturally. <laughs> imagine, imagine how Scalia feels the today though. Like he's sitting down, he's watching. He's like my boy Clarence. <laughs> imagine, imagine how Ruth Bader Ginsburg feels. I'm on fire! <laughs> I want to say big shout out and thank you to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm so glad she didn't retire and throw the die in office. That was a great decision on her part. So, Thank what you. were the cringiest takes that you guys saw? There were a whole bunch of them. There was a bunch. I think the cringiest one was probably just the. the my I think was, um, keep in mind, um, this country banned people don't understand how this law works, and they think it's an outright, uh, outlaw of abortion federally. What's I wish, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And like, keep in mind, this country banned abortion for AR-15s. And I'm like, you, you like, you're stupid and wrong on every level. <laughs> Delete your account. That's <laughs> it's practically just, wrong. It's just. It's, it's, <laughs> Yeah. There's so and, many different ways that's wrong. Yeah, and then all the people who make it like, well, what if you go from what if you had a, a wife or girlfriend who was raped and she got pregnant? Would you want to have like a would you want outlaw abortion still? And I'm like, yes, yes, like, yes, yes, absolutely. yes. Like, violence does not beget more violence. You because know, the violence happens when you get you know murder a baby. Now this is stupid. It's and I, I've stopped being friendly to pro choices. I, I used to make like, friendly debate, try to engage, and like, here's why you guys are wrong. Here's what you should consider. Now I'm like, no, here's why you're stupid, and I'm right. You shouldn't be allowed to speak anymore. Like, it's just free speech is stupid. You shouldn't be allowed to talk. Yeah, you know, one point I saw that actually was really, really good that I liked was when, uh, uh, you know, a Jared from End Democracy, he, you know, he tweeted out a map. Uh, you know, and a spreadsheet of here's, you know, here's all of the states that have, you know, like basically banned abortion or are going to ban it like within a few months. <laughs> and the, uh, and then he's had a, you know, a, a graphic of, okay, here's how many abortions are in each of those states, add that all up. And you get like close to 250,000 babies a year that are saved, you know, by, you know, by, by this law, you know, God bless Donald Trump. God bless the Republican party. They have saved more you know, people in you know, every single year going forward than died in the totality of the, of the Iraq war. Like, this is fantastic. Like, that is what redemption looks like. Yeah. Let's, let's not forget the libertarian arguments about how you can't vote Republicans for pro-life but they don't actually do anything if now been destroyed. Yep, like, completely that, that's destroyed. A, that, that's a great one to have. Remember, like, like, if I ever see anyone making an argument again, I'm just going to like, oh, like, how stupid can you be to still make the argument if anyone continues to make it? How many lives like, has the Libertarian Party saved? Huh? How many? I'm I'm pretty sure they've cost lives. I bet I, I make an argument with someone. I know they've cost people a lot of money. That one guy. I mean, they're like trying to kill people in Florida right now by helping to elect a Democrat. 
I, I no comment. I'm interviewing him. I have to remain unbiased to the interview. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know. There's so many memes I want to retweet down. Like, oh, he might see that one. He's not gonna watch this live stream. Um, because he's probably see Andrew on it. Oh, that's the devil. I can't watch. Did you see the LPs, the LP national Twitter account? Did you see their take on it? Oh, yes. God. Actually, no, I have it saved. Let me uh, bring that up again so we can read it off and go out by it. Let me just uh bring that up. This is quick. that this is that uh brand new messaging right yeah oh yeah it sounds well yeah what well, well, how did you say it you said it so perfectly on your tweet i said i said weird this better messaging still sounds like lily livered cuckoldry <laughs> <laughs> it does it's like you you, you take over the, th the thing you know promising better messaging and so it's like the first thing you do is is uh you know I, i'm starting starting to equivocate on like mass murder you know to please my leftist base like what right. the fuck? I think this is the uh uh yeah, this is yeah, it. That's Who it. wants anybody want to read it? I can read it. I got it pulled up here. Allowing five politically connected lawyers to determine any policy for 330 million people contradicts liberty and undermines decentralization. Having a one size fits all solution. Hmm. I like that they they quote tweeted solution. Makes me think of final solution. Anyways, on abortion has fueled 50 years of national contention. Judicial oligarchy hasn't helped. The Libertarian Party is comprised of those who come down on different sides of the abortion debate. That's why the Libertarian Party needs to be abolished and outlawed. So is the United States as a whole. Whatever one's position on the Dobbs opinion, political decentralization and peaceful national divorce is the clear remedy to the problem. Pro-lifers, why share a country with those who support the dismemberment of babies in the womb? Pro-choicers, why share a country with those who would take a woman's right to abort away? Yeah. So I, I don't want to say a country with them. I want I want to force them not to have that view anymore. Or not be allowed to practice that view. I want yeah, I want I to force them out of my country. It's like absolutely. Yeah. It's like, you know, these guys that you know, when it's like when the children are in Yemen, they're willing to fight, you know, kind of fight the good fight, you know, at least talk like they're fighting the good fight. Yeah, you know, but when the babies are in the womb, they're like, you know, this is really complicated. And yeah, you know, we have to look at both sides, both, you know, and why why don't we just separate? Mm -hmm, please. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that's you guys are such cowards. Yeah. Like, that's that was one of the points that really made me complain. Like, I still had hope that LP might, which means caucus might do something good. Mm -hmm. But seeing their, um, what was it? Uh, Connor wrote an article for Austria Thomas and wants to hopefully be, be back up soon about the um, the cowardice of the LP when it came to the Boston issue. And I was like, okay, no, this article convinced me the LP is just absolutely worthless. There's no save in it. it it's really illegal. Yeah, <laughs> just abolish it. Right. Take a, 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 a pro life stance officially as a party, even with the Mises caucus, because so many libertarians are pro-choice so even the so the people the Mises caucus people are making a strategic calculation and especially the pro-life because i know there's a lot of pro-life Mises caucus people they're making a strategic calculation where they're saying becoming a slightly larger third party is worth sacrificing the lives of babies and just like imagine if they did the exact same thing with war you know what i mean <laughs> right. they're both mass murder Right, <laughs> as it's like on one hand, they're they they they'll you know make that good argument when be principled when it you know suits their incentives, <laughs> and uh, when it doesn't suit their incentives, you know they'll start equivocating like leftists, and this is how you know that you know conquest law is going to beat them because they're following their Undefeated. incentives already. Undefeated. I'll give, I'll give you guys a good clip. This will be a good clip for people to to parade around and 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 cancel me over. There is more of a pro life justification for mass murder in war than there is for abortion. 
So if you're going to err on the side of abortion and not on the side of war, (coughs) nothing I can do for you. I mean, you could at least like kind of, you know, with war, you could at least kind of make the, you know, the, that has at least a thin veneer of legitimacy where you're like, okay, they're terrorists or something like that. It's like, there's no convincing people that, uh, you know, the babies are, have weapons of mass destruction. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't, it's like, you can't just say, oh, yeah, we have to fight them in the womb so we don't have to fight them over here. That argument doesn't work. <laughs> it has no veneer of legitimacy whatsoever. And, you know, whereas at least in war, like, you can kind of make the art, the defensive argument, you know, but there's no self-defense when it comes to, like, a baby. It's not even born. Completely yeah. cut and dry. Yeah. I want to like that, that they equivocate when, you know, that, you know, just because it suits their, you know, political incentives is just disgusting. Yeah. We had a great uh, comment from, uh, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to try. Rather than celebrating that lives would be saved, lawbots are rejoicing about decentralization. This is why they will lose They lose the Cold War. <laughs> great take. But speaking of LP, I don't know if y'all want, do you want to get into the, uh, the clips now or later? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's take these guys down. Let's do this. Okay. Clip number one. I'm not going to say who it is because um, everyone would know who it is when they hear his voice. You know, outlawed in more places. Um but I do think the point you're making is something that's really important for, for people to realize that it is, even if you're pro-life and even if you think, you know, the, if, you, if you are pro-life, if you see abortion as murder, then sure, the cost benefit, like the benefit of saving babies' lives is going to outweigh anything on the other side. But just be aware of the costs of this as well. And I think that this is, in many ways, kind of ironically, a huge victory to hand to the Democrats. Because finally now, they have an issue that they can make the midterms about. And it's not that, you know, like much of a stretch to say, okay, the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade. What we need now is Congress to write a law that protects, you know, abortion rights across the country. And the only way we can do that is if the Democrats have control of the Congress. And Oh, God. That, was that today? That- no, that was back when the when the, uh, de- the decision broke. So when when the news broke, he did an ep- he did an episode with these clips on it, and I figured, you know, let me just save these clips until the actual decision is official, and like, and then we can uh, like take it apart. I mean, this is just like the worst, uh, the worst political argument. As you're basically, I mean, you're saying the exact same thing that the neocons have said to conservatives for years. You know, if we push too hard, we're going to lose the next election. I, I mean, it's literally the same argument that if we win too much, you know, we're going to lose, you know, in reality, you know, winning too much is just actually losing. And so, so that's why, you know, we only try to have really small, moderate victories that, you know, end up losing the whole country. And so, I mean, it's, it's like, how can you even think this way, Dave? I mean, this is like, you know, the sort of argument he knows how to, how to like, just take apart any other time he hears it, when it comes to abortion, he's got his incentives and he just like, I mean, it's like brain shuts off and he's back into, you know, like, like almost like neocon mode. I mean, it's weird because all of the arguments you hear the LP uh, types make about abortion, all of them are anti-war arguments, are actually pro-war arguments the neocons will make, you know, like all of them, every last one of them. And so, it, it, it's, you know, again, they're both mass murder and it's so interesting how you know these like kind of low status leftists all of a sudden start sounding like 
progressives driving the speed limit when it comes to, you know, their pet issue of abortion, which is the, the mass murder they kind of approve of, or at least they won't admit that they approve of, or, you know, the last regime and the LP, they would admit that they approved of it, but you know, that I, there's, I, I can't get, there's so many levels <laughs> on which that's wrong. First of all, just from, just from a moral standpoint, like we can't save the lives of hundreds of thousands of babies over the next several months because something might change in the future and then we wouldn't be able to save the lives of future babies going forward this is a this is like the heart of the retardation of libertarian political philosophy that well something bad in the future might happen if we do something here now so to prevent something bad in the future we just have to not do something good now because the good thing will create a bad thing later it's it's the most retarded thing ever and you would only think that if you had abstracted yourself into this weird philosophical thought bubble that's completely detached from the real world. And I, I'm very familiar with that because I used to exist in that little thought bubble. And once you pop out of it, you realize this is completely retarded. Why would I ever think this way? So if there's going to be something bad that happens in the future, okay, let's fight that war when we get to it. Let's win this battle now, and then let's plan and win the next battle down the road. Don't not fight this battle because someday you're going to have another battle to fight. So just from, from the beginning, it's stupid, but even it's not even true. Exactly. The leftists have been, Democrats have been campaigning on this exact thing, saying exactly what he's saying for years now. They've been yeah. saying we need it. We, this, that having it, <laughs> having Roe isn't enough. We need to make sure this is, we need to get this instantiated into law. We need to do, make this happen. It has to be law. Like they've been doing this forever. And if it's not abortion, it's going to be something else. They're going to generate something else. They're going to have some, some, some black guy's going to get shot and there's going to be riots just before, like it's going to be something they're going to generate something. There's always an October surprise. You know, that's why they call it the exactly. October surprise. Exactly. <laughs> it's not this the is, September this is surprise. The most, most cucked out beta shit that I've ever heard. It's not even like, it, it's not even politically strategically coherent. It, it's just, I mean, and the polls don't say that, you know, the, I mean, there was a poll taken like last week, you know, like a good month after the story broke. I mean, it broke back in like really late May. And what the polls are saying is like, yeah, we care about inflation and the economy. Abortion isn't even on the top 10 list. And, you know, at, like a month after the, the story broke that, oh, this is going to happen. And, you know, and what, and, but what, where you do see it at the list on is when you see the top, you know, what does the media care about and what do they talk about? It's actually like number four, or number five, you know, climate change is the first one. So you can see how disconnected, you know, this idea is from actual electoral politics, which, you know, you, you would kind of expect if you're like the head guy for the LP, or I should say you are the LP now. Right, he said, right. He said, he said, I am the LP. Like, all right, if you say and, so. <laughs> and he's demonstrating just how completely detached from the actual electorate he is. Exactly. Yeah. I, I want to uh, say this comment from Cooper real quick. He made a type of fix it for him. Justice Clarence must now stop the Senate to declare himself uh, the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> God and poor Clarence. <laughs> exactly. I want to see Clarence crown on his head before before the yes. end of end of my life. It's like Clarence or DeSantis. A really tough decision. We got Nick Cassidy in the chat. Massive W today, boys. We got Nick yeah, Cassidy in the chat. Yeah, it's been it's been a great day. So I'll go ahead and play the second. I got an ad that you guys already uh, covered it uh, 
Well, I'm going to play the second clip here. You have to try to do whatever you can. Now, there are arguments to be made that like there are other things that would be more effective for pro-life people to do. In fact, I've heard some pro-life people make these arguments and they make some compelling arguments that it's like this just what your focus on this should be is, you know, whatever to like, um, you know, raise resources for, for women who are in these positions to, you know, essentially, I think paying them to carry the baby to term and give it up for abortion is probably a better market solution than any of these other things. And in fact, I think that, um, that would, that would probably like if every pro-lifer put all of their energy into that, you'd probably yield better results than trying, you know, lobbying a way to, to change the laws. Um, he meant to say, give them up for adoption, not abortion. But, you know, I'm, I'm still going to take the argument apart. This is like him as a Misesian. This is beyond egregious. I mean, you're really saying real subsidization of undesirable behaviors has never been tried. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like I, it's a noble idea, you know, with, you know, with uh, real good noble intentions. What could possibly go wrong by subsidizing these really bad behaviors, subsidizing women to get pregnant out of wedlock and, and uh, you know, and threaten to abort the kid? What could possibly yeah. go wrong by paying people to do that? Come on, yeah. Dave. I this mean, is I mean, this is basic Austrian economics. This is like so beyond egregious for Dave to, to, to even consider consider this an argument i mean this is i mean uh, like you really have to just shut off your brain and go full like reason magazine or cato to like yeah. kind of make this argument now, uh, it, like the uh, mises institute get the fuck out of uh, here that is not a mises institute argument any no. any one of them will laugh at you for that yeah no it, it's i mean go I, read rothbard jesus yeah. <laughs> i mean we already had the government subsidize um single mothers in a household we already the government subsidize um like after the side is born to step away from the man why don't we just subsidize them to you know have more kids and swear to abort them you know it, it's like it, the first thing cody caused destruction in the family culture let's just continue to spread out along this is a stupid fucking argument it's weird too the way like dave is a very well-spoken guy who has yeah. years and years and years of experience elaborating just ad-libbing talking extemporaneously on all these different subjects. I've never heard him kind of trip and stumble his way through something. And I mean, it was a short clip, so I could be reading too much into it, but it was weird just how awkwardly he was trying to get through that, that thing there. Like he didn't actually believe what he was saying, but he felt like I need to give red meat to both sides here. And I need to try to prove my libertarian cred because mm -hmm. I've, he's had his whole like Christian conservative thing and he's come out as being pro-life. So it's like, he needs to not fully throw himself into the pro-life camp. So he's going to have to sort of try to come up with some sort of a justification that he can say that sort of sounds smart, that people will be like, oh, and then the, it'll like keep the pro-choice people off his back or something. That's kind of how that clip read to me. That was, that was very weird. Yeah, he's had that streak lately where he feels like he needs, he has a need to moderate to kind of help keep the LP MC in charge of the LP. And I mean, that that's kind of my understanding of, you know, like just from like really following him closely. And it's like, you know, it's, I, I don't understand him because he's Red Hoppa. He knows that, you know, all of these other ideas, uh, these left wing ideas for how society, you know, might function don't work at all with libertarianism, like not even a little bit. 
And he knows, you know, because, you know, we actually debated this, you know, very <laughs> shortly, you know, that uh, about the, the effects of time preference on, you know, power, you know, what does that happen? What happens? And, you know, this is like the one where I put, you know, he's like, oh, I don't know if, you know, if leftism really means equality or high time preference for power really does. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's provable. And, you know, whipped out the third law of archotropism and st and stomped it out in like two seconds with Misesian deduction. Yes, if you have a high time preference for power, you're going to consume far more uh, uh, of it. And when you consume power, when you're converting a, uh, you know, kind of just wealth into aggression. Well, what does that do? You know, Rothbard talked about this in Anatomy of the State, where it's like if you use aggression against producers, they're going to produce less. You know, and so you get a drop in the total wealth and the equality, and you get more equality in society as that continues on. And so, yes, like high time preference for power—that's what leftism is. You know, it, you know, it necessarily leads towards equality necessarily so and if you have the the reverse which is a, like a low time preference for power it necessarily leads to more and more hierarchy as you leave more money for the you know for the producers to produce with and you know this is comp you get compounding wealth over time and eventually you get like christian civilization you know for where the leftists can you know switch it out for a republic and squander it all and you know if you have like a libertarians which are like really really low time preference for power like near zero you're going to get an explosion explosion of hierarchy and so like if you are you know saying that like oh yeah i have to like really you know go to both sides because both sides could theoretically be correct with my vision for how the world works you're just an idiot it's like you were not, or like, or you're being very dishonest. And I, you know, I don't, or you, or like you, or you're following your incentives, I should say. That's probably it. He's following his incentives. And well, this is, I, this is, this is conquest's law in action. This is exactly how it, it works is that nobody is ever moderating themselves to appeal to the right. Nobody has ever, you never see someone who's naturally like a hardcore leftist who's like moderating themselves to try to draw the right in. It just doesn't happen. Nobody tries to appeal to the right that way because subconsciously everyone knows that you don't need to. So the only time this ever happens is when people are trying to, trying to draw the left in. It's like, okay, we're going to give just a little bit of leftism and that'll pull the left over towards us, which never ends up working. You always get pulled in. That's exactly what's happening here. It's like, you know, trying to uh, say that, oh, you know, the, the, the right wants, you know, healthy lifestyles and, you know, like, you know, wants you to eat salad and you, and the left is like candy and cocaine. <laughs> and you want to say that, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to go with just, uh, you know, healthy salads and stuff and just a little bit of cocaine. And <laughs> it's like, it's like, diet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that might work in Florida. <laughs> that might actually work in Florida. I think it's that I was raised on that. <laughs> But like nobody's gonna say, well, we're gonna do the candy and cocaine, but we have to make sure we eat a little bit of salad. Nobody's ever gonna come out with that yeah. because you're gonna look like a fucking square. People are gonna be like, yeah, screw you, we're not eating any salad. Woo! This is just the way that in political terms, it's exactly how it's gonna work out. That's what, yeah. that's what he's doing here. And, and that they, and that they think that this is a that moderation or neutrality is in any way like a winning strategy for people. It's like, yeah, what you're really saying is, yeah, we're not on either of your teams because screw you. It's like <laughs> vote for me. It's like, how does what? Where do you, where do you get this? Like psychologically, where in the world would you think that this would work? You know, I mean, this is like the antithesis of everything you learned in you know, like sociability. It, it just base like you should if you've been through middle school, you know, this doesn't work. Yeah, it's basically I imagine like most libertarians were bullied in middle school, and so they just had to block that out. <laughs> it's okay. basically like, all right, I'm married to you, 
but I also want to screw him a little bit. So let's, let's kind of meet in the middle here where I, you know, we, 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 there's a little bit of both here. Well, you're going to get double team from both ends. This is how that ends up. Because <laughs> you don't have any allies. <laughs> I mean, that, that's exactly where it's like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be in prison, like with the, like the, the bloods on one side and the crypts on the other. I'm going to tell them both to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do you think this is going to work out for you? Yeah. It's like, no, this is democracy is a civil war. Pick a fucking side and just stick with it. As it's like you, you you don't like get in the middle of a civil war and say that I'm neutral, you know, and I'm going to be in a much much smaller, weaker, much more poorly armed, much more low commitment uh, team. Join mine, <laughs> and it's, it's like I mean that's like like certain death in a civil war, and like, but some for some reason they think it's going to work in politics or democratic politics. I don't understand it at all. Is I like the like. Uh, you, I mean, you're not connected to reality. You're in a fucking bubble. And like Matt said, when you start, uh, you know, when you first like pop out of that bubble, you're like, how in the world did I believe any of this? Literally uh, me I, last week. <laughs> it's like, I can, I like, the, and the only explanation I come up with is Austrian economics. That's the only like true part of libertarianism that I haven't been able to just uh, like completely dismantle. It's because that, you know, it's founded on this idea that, you know, value is in people's minds is subjective and that they make decisions based like that. I'm like, okay, that's actually true. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. that's Austrian the, economics is perfectly compatible with elite theory. In fact, it should yeah. actually naturally lead you to elite theory if you haven't been poisoned by democracy. And if, if you have like, even like the slightest understanding of myocrotropism, you know, economics, which is based on, it's, all, it's a branch of Austrian economics. Like if, if you have any understanding of that at all, you're like, oh, like this leftism th stuff just doesn't work at all. And, you know, and you understand that, that oh, nothing about libertarian actually libertarianism mostly doesn't work at all because of austrian economics and the uh, and uh, that this oh this other thing over here called archotropism and like the praxeology of basically sociopathy it's like like oh that's a thing too like it, it, it's not just like uh, they, these states are you know these predators they're not just like acting randomly there's a real pattern to the behavior there's a real rhyme and reason to it there's a real a priori logic to it and once you understand that that like you realize you know just how completely you know out, you know disconnected from reality that most libertarians are because they want to pretend that this thing doesn't exist or because or because it shouldn't exist and they uh, and because like, well, it shouldn't exist at all. You know, it's like, you know, we just need to spread the message. I mean, they're just like, they're, they're like Christians saying that, oh, people just haven't heard about Jesus yet. <laughs> it's like, that's why they're still sinning. That's the, the moment they hear about Jesus, they're just going to get their whole life together. Right. As like, even Christians are not dumb enough to say that, you know, we, we, we've had 2000 years to really fit, bang it into the people's heads that, oh yeah, sin wrong, bad, always has bad consequences for you. Never works out. Sin doesn't prosper you. It always makes you poorer, sicker, unhealthier, you know, mentally and physically, et cetera, et cetera. And they still do it. It's like, I mean, it, it's not because they haven't heard of Christianity. It's like that. I, that's not the reason why. It's not because they, we haven't spread the gospel enough. It's just some people are bad, and they have, and there are perverse incentives in society that lead them to be that way. And if you're a libertarian doing the same exact thing, where you're where you're going even a step further, just if they just everyone's a libertarian, they haven't, they just don't know it yet. Or like every, it's like saying everyone's a Christian, they just don't know it yet. And 
is and whereas the latter one might actually be a little bit more true <laughs> because you know that's just the way logic you know logic and reality have been created to be but the uh you know if you're just like thinking like oh they just need to hear our ideas and then they're gonna you know you know wake up the way we did and the state's just gonna like magically end no you don't even understand the basic economics of why the state exists and you know that, like how can you say why it's going to go away when you don't understand how you got it in the first place yeah I want to just want to highlight something that Cooper said here. He basically summarized what you said, Andrew, in a sentence. Austrian economics isn't compatible with libertarianism. That's that really is just, good. Mm. Mm. Tweet that, Cooper. Tweet yeah. that. I'm going to retweet it. That's mm -hmm. just mm. if yeah. I wasn't an honorable man, I would just tweet it before he could. Libertarianism presumes rational actors. Austrian economics uh, is protective actors, not the same thing. Exactly. That's so perfectly put. You need to tweet that, Cooper. Um, okay, Cooper, gonna... I want to. I want to make sure everyone knows that Cooper is is completely retarded. But every once in a while, he says something smart. <laughs> That's why I keep him around. <laughs> Let's go ahead and play uh, clip number three here. Well, the thing, is, from my perspective, I think that whether you're um, a pro-life or pro-choice libertarian, if you are a libertarian, that one of the major lessons over Roe v. Wade is like. Look, you have an issue where there there are look, and I'm I'm a pro, I'm pro life, and I've I've talked about this before. I'll get into it a little bit on the show today, but um, I understand the best of the pro choice argument, you know, like I and I understand where like I genuinely believe there are good faith arguments on both sides of this issue, and I disagree with one side, but there is to some degree two libertarian principles that butt up against each other right like one is the idea of like having like dominion over your own body and self-ownership and the government having no right to tell you what to do with your body and the other one is the protection of innocent life Th those are kind of indirect conflict with a woman who wants to get an abortion and okay so you have you have libertarians on both sides of this issue Oh my God, Matt! Do you want to do this one first, or or should I? Go ahead. Uh, the so first of all, I'm pro life, but what does what does Michael Malice always say? Anything. That anything that proceeds but in a political statement can be ignored. So I'm pro life, but there's libertarian arguments on both. Okay, I I used to I used to at least nominally think this because i wanted to retain the libertarian neither left nor right cred um at least for my own self i would i would think this oh, okay well yeah there's because i i do think that there are people who uh are see themselves as pro-choice and they've rationalized it to them just the, the fact that there are arguments does not make them good arguments it doesn't much make less good faith coherent <laughs> arguments much less good faith expressing a bad argument in good faith isn't a good argument. So the, there's nothing redeeming about the entire it. entire notion of the fact, the pro-choice thing being about bodily autonomy is, 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 is absolute bull crap. It has nothing to do with bodily autonomy. There's nothing <laughs> happening. What's happening is happening to the body inside you that you put there. That, this has nothing to do with you preserving your bodily autonomy. It doesn't even, there's not even a libertarian argument for the pro-choice position. Unless 
you've started by presuming the pro-choice position. That's the only way that you're actually going to get a pro-choice argument, even from within the libertarian frame. I, I've completely rejected the libertarian frame, so this isn't even a, isn't even a problem for me. But even within the libertarian frame, it's not your body that is it, it is under it, it is concerned here. It's the body of the person that you put inside your body. That's the one that's that's concerned about it. You have to like it involves your body, but you you signed up for that when you put a baby inside of you. And like, and the, you know that right there, you know, is like that. What I see as like kind of the heart of this. Oh yeah, there are good faith <laughs> arguments on both sides. Well, Juan, okay, so what what are the what are they? You know, it's like do we have to fight? You know, I was saying, hey, there's a you know these are both mass murder, and by far, by the way, this one abortion is the worst mass murder by every possible metric. And so it's like what like what good faith argument like again if this was war Dave would be all over it yep. and he, because when the when the children are in Yemen Dave knows that you know that okay this is indefensible there are no good faith arguments on the other side and he can and he can go through every single one of them like a knife through hot butter I, I sh and like he knows how to debunk every last one of them but when the children are in Yemen you know well it's complicated <laughs> you know there is good faith arguments on both sides and like well, well you know what are what are the arguments on the other side like oh we have to like fight them in the womb so we you know we have so we don't have to fight them here you know it's like <laughs> oh it's like the humanitarian argument i love that 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 one remember like when you know when he was debunking that with afghanistan when they're like well if we end the uh, war the war there's going to be all these humanitarian problems in afghanistan so we have to keep mass murdering people and you know and he's using and like he, he kind of talks about that same one here well you know there's a lot of pe people here who were worried that if we end the mass murder campaign against unborn children you know there's going to be some you know real humanitarian problems for the for, for the poor women who like signed up to you know mass murder the, the children it's like what the fuck kind of argument is this like the, it's, it's, it's like this false humanitarianism it's like exactly the corporate press line and in any other context they would recognize it immediately and be like oh that's a shitty argument there's no that's not a good faith argument at all it's like not even close to a good faith argument and like yeah. you, he would never equivocate. And so I get really frustrated with him when he starts equivocating on like the other and worse mass murder the state commits, because <laughs> this thing would never exist in a uh, in a in a private se sector context because you're immediately going to get private statecraft. You know, it's like, like that's the going to immediately emerge, you know, due to due to, to arcotropism. You know, you're it's a you're going to have a bunch of you know because when you tell a bunch of elites, you know, my property, my choice, what do you think they're going to do with that? They're going to be like, oh, so you're saying if I own the property, I can make literally any law I want, no constitution? You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and so exactly, they're you know they're going to take they're going to take that, run with it. They're going to group up with other elites that they trust to form you know co you know corporations together so that they can buy up all of the land as you know as much as they can, and make and make laws and have a and have a limitless monopoly on violence that is born out of private property. <laughs> it's like not a, and like legitimate, you know. So it's like that, you know. You you're even in so and when you have that corporate state is born, well, okay. How does it make money through tax revenue and profit? And so it's going to try to make this place a nice place to live and with a lot of people in it. And by by maximizing the number of people in your in your state, you know who are produ who are being productive 
and doing all and, and uh, doing good things, you are going to maximize profit this way, uh, particularly across time. As a, you know, b- because when you st- start instantiating abortion, contraception, homosexuality, all these all, all these other things that you know, basically send your birth rate to, through the floor, what that means is in twenty years you're going to have a lot fewer workers. So that means much higher wages and a lot fewer customers. So you have higher you know higher cost of production and fewer customers. You know, so smaller profit margins. Your profits go through the floor at, at across the board in every single industry inside of your state. So you, as the state, if you don't want to be bankrupt in 20 years, you're going to say, oh, fuck that. Yeah, I don't want that policy at all. So I'm going to prevent that from happening by, you know, getting rid of all of these li- licentious lifestyles. So not only does like the Ancapistan model not work because of Austrian economics, it, like it actually proves that monarchy, it, like not just monarchy, but like Christian monarchy, like thoroughly trad Christian, like Orthodox or, or Catholic, one of the two is going to be like the thing. You know, for everywhere, because, you know, how do you, you know, what's the way you get a really nice birth rate? You implement like that. You you go to the guys who really know how to do it, like the, like the Orthodox and the Catholics. <laughs> and so, like, those are two religions who have mastered, you know, having crap loads of kids. <laughs> and so you got to shout out the Mormons, too. <sighs> yes, they, they got they get the Romneys who are going to like fuck them over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, but but uh, yeah, but yeah, the Utah uh, is basically a private state as it is already. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so it's like you you know they they don't have but what but what you should really take away you know not not just that the economics proves the opposite point is true like just deductively, right? but if you have let's say you do have in the libertarian frame you have two principles that are butting up against each other, what did you do wrong? You know what I mean? It's like that can't happen. If you are logically consistent, if and your principles are logically consistent with reality, that can't happen. So what did you do wrong in your presuppositions that led you to that? Oh, there are two libertarian principles that are butting up against both sides. They should tell you immediately something's wrong with your first principle, like self-ownership. Doesn't the, they, you know, that might be the problem right there is that you're presuming self-ownership, you know, which, you know, by the way, you can't justify because you're in a naturalistic framework of mind, you know, that says, hey, there is no God. So there is no real morality. There's only subjective morality. And so subjective morality can exist, but only in my head. And so if I, if, uh, you know, only that, so that's not a real morality, but ownership is a real claim of moral possession is like i i can morally possess this but so like you're saying that okay there is no real morality but i'm still gonna like shoehorn that in over here to prove that you know so, that uh self-ownership is a real thing and it's just not and so and you can't justify that in a naturalistic conception you have to say oh actually it's because it has real existence in god you know that like that's the way you would have to to prove the existence of a real morality and but the problem is right there is like well, okay. So now it's self-stewardship. You know, it's not self, it's not self-ownership, it's self-stewardship. And you have real obligations to like the guy who created you. And so, right. And, and, and right there, uh, that changes everything about that has like, ca- you know, real catastrophic downstream effects for libertarians who want to stay in that frame of, I own me is instead of I steward me, because if you're steward, you have to do a good job with it. And you have, a, there's a real positive obligation to do the right thing there. Which is not abortion, you know, homosexuality, drugs, 
you know, and fornication, all of these other things that are manifestly bad for humans. I mean, there, I mean, there's so as I, and you have an obligation there. So in other words, there would be no right to licentiousness or license that would be, that could be logically possible. So, so like heads, heads, we win, tails, you lose, you know, you know, heads, libertarianism is wrong and tails, monarchical capitalism and praxianism, whatever we want to call us is right. And or Christianity is right. Really? <laughs> Let's just call it that. You know, you know, heads, libertarian is wrong. Tails, Christianity is right. And these are not compatible because again, one is naturalistic saying that there is no God and the other is saying, yeah, there is one and it matters quite consequentially. And so the, uh, it's like, there's like, you know, and this is like the whole reason why you're saying that, uh, you know, because again, with naturalism, you're saying that, Hey, virtual objects, like uncho like an unchosen obligation doesn't actually exist. And so, be, and so, what you, the reason that these two problems are butting heads is not because the, there's a principle of oh, I, you know, I want to protect innocent life, and you know, I have self ownership. It's because you don't believe in unchosen obligations, and neither did Rothbard. This was why he you know, was a little more logically consistent and said, "I'm pro-choice," because if you don't believe in an unchosen obligation, like oh, I chose to have sex, I didn't choose to have. Uh, you know, to be pregnant, and I and if I choose to, and because I believe in like a title transfer theory of uh, you know, ownership or whatever what Rothbard called it, to where oh, it's just a title and I can take it back. <laughs> you know, it's like I can take it back. And so you know, because I you know I don't believe in any unchosen obligations, and those I do choose, you know, I can take them back. It's like well, I you know, even by saying that, even by arguing that, well, I, you chose to be pregnant because that's what sex does. <laughs> you know, it's the biological reality. You know, well, it's like, well, I can choose to be unpregnant, and that's a biological reality, and those are morally equal. And because we don't, because in libertarianism does not believe in unchosen obligations, and does or at least doesn't believe in real obligations that you can't take back. And because that's what title transfer means, that's why it's wrong. And this is also why that you know unchosen obligations do exist. <laughs> and so if you're going to get to the pro-life point, you have to reject, categorically reject self-ownership in order to get to, ironically, in order to get to pro-life. Because if you say that, well, you know, let's say, uh, you know, I can choose to just be unpregnant. And that's actually consistent with the self-ownership position. So yeah, it's like you, you have something very, you know, what the real problem is, is that, you know, Dave has recognized that, okay, child murder is bad. You know, and like that can't be the right answer. And so it's like, yeah, you know, because he's a parent, he's got two of them. And so he knows real quick that like within like the first few months, it's a baby. It's like you're not killing a couple of cells, you're killing a baby. Like that you has a heartbeat at like five weeks, has brain waves at like seven weeks or eight weeks. And like, I mean, it's, and it looks like a baby. I've seen the ultrasounds on, on my son who will, you know, I, I finally settled on what his name is going to be. I'm not going to announce it yet, but I, now I finally know what it's going to be. And the, uh, but yeah, so, and so like real quick, this thing's a baby. <laughs> and like killing it can't possibly be right. <laughs> that can't possibly be the right answer. Dave knows that. And so he's thinking like, hmm, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's like, you know, I, I see that this is wrong. I can't quite say, you know, I can, I can see, like, I can go th through the regression say, you know, okay, it doesn't, you know, rights can't start at the vaginal canal. They can't start, uh, you know, and then you go, go day by day by day by day. Okay. We're, we're the right start. There's no lo logical consistent <laughs> point except for conception. And he can do that in his head. And this is why he says he's pro-life, 
but then he's like, well, okay, but there are libertarian arguments on both sides. So what does that tell you, Dave? It's, it tells you something is wrong with your presuppositions about how reality works. <laughs> and that, that you've met, you've actually, by taking the pro-life position, he has in fact already disproved the presuppositions that libertarianism is founded upon. And he needs to you know, kind of reconcile that. Here you go, Joshua Ham. Libertarianism, the desire to preach about responsibility without accepting consequences. Also, the desire to subjugate every human with agency, even those that don't want it or are incapable. <laughs> yep. Really good Ooh. way of putting it. Yeah, tweet that, Joshua. You said yeah. tweet yeah. I want to point out some uh, two bit. I guess Scott Holton told him um hasn't told him what to think about abortion. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't know. I was surprised about all his uh, leftist uh, being a little bit of a leftist and making leftist arguments. He got two leftist books on himself, two Scott Holton books. Was thinking about I need to take mine down actually. <laughs> That's why I was making fun of having Scott Holton books on himself, and mine are just part of what I do. Um, no, it's like I, I like Dave. I, I like I don't always listen to podcasts anymore. I like I like some of the points he makes, but most of his points nowadays just seem more quins. And the more he talks to Scott Holton, the more quins he gets. I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame the LP and all of it on Scott Holton. The most, the most, the thing with, for me with Dave, cause I, 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 he was one of the biggest influences on me as I began <coughs> my kind of journey through political ideologies. And what I'm seeing is I see the trajectory of when it was obvious that Dave was still reading, that Dave was regularly mm -hmm. consuming lots of content and edifying himself. And he's gotten busy. Like, I understand that. I don't read hardly anymore either. I, I'm doing my best, but I don't, I kind of can't. So audiobooks, man, audiobooks. Yeah. Same. Even then I still, I still don't read as much as I want to, but it's really clear with, with people in general, you can tell people when they stopped reading, when they settled at a point and said, all right, I figured it out. I've solved all the problems. <laughs> I've arrived at the ideology. And it's, this is, this is what I think about things now. You can see it really clearly. And what I see is the trajectory of where Dave was headed and where Dave actually is. And I want to see him on the trajectory of where he was actually headed if he yep. kept going, if he kept reading, if he kept updating himself, if he kept pushing. Because Dave is one of the people who got to the got to where he's at now by reading. He's someone who he read all of the classics, all the Mises and Rothbard and and Hoppe, like he's read significantly. The guy's fucking educated, but he's very clearly stopped. And I yeah. remember he had a lot of people for a while in the, the part of the problem group who were trying to get him to read more, especially the type of stuff that led us to where we are. And he was very resistant. He wouldn't do it. And he may have at this point, I don't know. He may have read some of the stuff, but it's I think very he's clear a, that he has settled into a rut and lots of people are noticing, observing this, that he is basically just kind of starting to just repeat himself over and over again. He settled into his incentives. Basically, right. I mean, that's what that's what he settled into. He didn't settle into a rut. He settled into incentives where, you know, I'm making money as the as the Austro libertarian and cap guy, because the moment you go post libertarian, you lose like 30 percent of your audience. If you don't right. believe me, you can ask Pete or Mark Claire. Right. And. Because that's what happens. And, you know, I, I can understand he's got like a family to take care of. I would be 
hesitant to, you know, do that at his income level if, you know, I had like a wife and two kids living in New Jersey, right. you know, that I had to support. So it's like, I can completely understand that. And that, you know, or maybe he doesn't even want to think ab about that. But it's like, it's very clear that like, okay, like he's read just enough that he can start reading to disagree with some of these things and just reading it with that intent in mind. Oh, there's a problem done. And so like when you see like, oh, he's like, oh, Yarvin's like talking about like a medieval monarchy and he's debunking midi the problems with medieval monarchy. When if you've read Yarvin for five minutes, you know, he's not. That's actually no, no, not at all. He's talking yeah. about a private property, a private law society, you know, a different variation of a private law society, which, you know, you might call monarcho capitalist. And, you know, but and so the idea that, that so that any of the all of the arguments against medieval monarchy would go out the window, <laughs> just immediately out the window, you know, so you couldn't possibly use this if you've read Yarvin for five minutes to know that, oh, he's not talking about like a medieval monarchy. This is a private law society that he's describing. <laughs> and so if you, you know, if you've just but if you've only read him for four and a half minutes, you can be like, oh, there's a problem. Disagree. All done. <laughs> and. Right. Yeah, and I that that kind of looks like what's ha happened, and but and of course, you know, once you've read enough Yarvin, you know, ah, actually, this isn't the bottom yet. Actually, I need to dig at the presuppositions a little bit further and see, and because there are some things in here I can see that just don't quite make sense, and then you start reading like, uh, you know, the history of liberalism, and you get like, oh, this did it. This actually was kind of a mistake. This that's whole, what, I, I, and then you the keep whole thing was for me. That's what it like. I realized that this thing that I was calling the state was institutionalized liberalism. And so I like reading Moldbug was kind of the gateway. There was, there's been kind of more beyond that. And it's kind of, you know, I, you, you end up always like the, mm -hmm. the further you go, you end up kind of like killing your old heroes. So you know, obviously Moldbug is, is, is better than Yarvin in most cases. And I've gotten to the point now where there's, there's, there's issues with Moldbug and, you know, I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've, oh, yeah. I've, 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 I've moved beyond Moldbug and to, to some degree, but I'm also, kind of gotten to the point where I'm not just like identifying myself with a specific, like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a so-and-so person. It's like, yeah. they're, they're oh, actually you are actually you are, but I'll, I'll prove it to you. But Caleb, you remember that meme we shared the other night where it's, it's like, Oh, Rothbard, you know, Ron Paul was right about everything. And then you're like, Hoppe was right about everything. And then you're like, Yarvin was right about everything. And then you're kind of like depressed at that third one. And then you finally see the sunshine and you're like, the church fathers are right about everything. <laughs> and right, so like, right. now you're calling yourself Orthodox because you really are. Right, and I'm calling right. myself Catholic because I always kind of was, you know, politically Catholic is the new, is, by the way, the new name for the, uh, for the show and my nice. Twitter and my Twitter account. Because yeah, I'm I'm just Catholic. I always was, and I never stopped. And you know, I went through a libertarian phase, and then I realized, oh, it's actually logically inconsistent. It actually is not a rational system of belief at all. It has severe issues. The only thing that's even close to that is even a little bit right about it is Austrian economics, and even then, they're not taking it far enough. <laughs> so it's like it's actually an incomplete. It's actually an incomplete version of Austrian economics. And yeah, like, but that's the only thing I took with me from libertarianism, which by the way, is something Yarvin said. He said, you, you know, you should always go study the, the uh, libertarians and their Austrian economics, but don't take the political philosophy, just take the economics. It's something that, Yar that Yarvin said, now I understand it on the back end. And I started taking, take, took that with me and went back to Thomism. And, you know, and started reading Thomas Aquinas and started reading all, all of the, uh, you know, the, like the fathers of the church, like Irenaeus. 
And, you know, and, and he makes, Irenaeus makes the point that, hey, if you are not starting with, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and all things came into existence through him. If you're not starting with that as your first principle, this is where errors start propagating from. If you're not starting with the, if you're not starting with like, you know, God as the, you know, your first, as it, you're, if you're going to make a first principles ideology, which by the way, libertarianism can't do because that, that, you know, self-ownership is not a first principle. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's way more presuppositions underneath yeah. that. <laughs> that, that uh, you know, what is that a self? What does it mean to own? What is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, what is morality? <laughs> And uh, what is logic even? And so if you're not starting, like Irenaeus makes this point that, hey, if you're not starting right there, that, hey, that, you know, that, like this is what, you know, this is where that problem is. That's all of the, the, all of the errors you can possibly make, all the heresies, all the apostasies, anything that you can think of that's wrong about reality. It, it starts with some misunderstanding right there about, about at that, at that first principle of in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God and all things came into existence and being through him. And that like starts right there. If you don't believe that, if that's not the first principle, this is where errors come from. And so if, you know, and, and you keep digging, you know, back through history and you find that out and, and it's only if you've stopped reading, you've stopped updating and you'd start at, stopped asking questions and you said, and you finally settled on you know, my here, here, here are the incentives that pay me and get my bills paid. The utility of the libertarian stage, I think, is is understanding the it's it's taking liberalism to its logical conclusion and understanding that it's self terminating, understanding that this is that the it, the, the, the the fundamental flaws at the heart of the liberal world. But you have to actually get to that point. You can't reach that point and then say, okay, well, I want to retain my premises, my liberal premises, but I want to have my cake and eat it too. So I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of create this paradoxical mashup of incoherence and then just blame everybody else for everything being wrong. Cause they won't just listen to me. And, and I'd, I'd have all the answers that they did. Like that's the, that's where libertarians, they like, they reach this, this end of the road and then they just crash into the ditch and they stay there and say that they're having a, they're on a vacation. And it's like, no, like, there's there's another road. Like you got to keep going. You got to keep reading because Yarvin is like was kind of like the gateway drug. He's like the next step because mm -hmm. he says, okay, well, if you're drug. talking about about the the virtues of public of a private over public within the like the libertarian artificial um, dichotomy. Well, okay, if you're going to take that private world and make it work, this is what it would look like. And as you start exploring that, you realize, okay, so anarcho capitalism was just the point at which you deconstructed all of the liberal world. Well, now you need to build something back up again. So the, the, the anarcho-capitalist position isn't there should be no state. The anarcho-capitalist position is if it's coherent, if it's consistent, which is, it can't be anyways, mm -hmm. it, it is the state must be privatized. State services must be privatized. So how do you privatize it like this? Okay. How do you retain that like this? And what, by the way, what do you need in order to achieve the, the things that you need to retain that. And that's what will lead you into Christianity, because you'll realize the only way to retain something like this is with a I was going to say a Christian population. It's not a Christian population. It's a population that's governed by Christians. That's the way that you retain a privatized society. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, and you know, and kind of like we what we proved earlier is that you know, if the if the rulers really want to make a profit and want to maintain it for a long time, that profitability long term, 
it's like where, what, what religion are they going to seek out? You know, it's like, they're, I mean, because liberalism, like you said earlier, it is self-terminating to where, yeah, particularly in the birth rate, <laughs> if you really right. want to look at like who's adopted liberalism the fastest and the, and by, and the worst and really just thoroughly implemented it. It's like, you, it's like, it's the who's who of, you know, of my, of my, I'm, I don't have a next generation for my country. I'm like, you know, Han China, <laughs> you know, where like they had a one child policy and 30 years later, they're running out of like one child, one. Uh, they're running out of 35 year olds because that's how math works, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, yeah. And, and it's not that they haven't, you know, that it's not that like liberalism hasn't been tried. It's like this idea of self-ownership, it's 400 years old easily. I mean, it goes all the way back to the very beginning of liberalism. Libertarianism has been tried. And it, you know, this entire time, uh, you know, for the last 400 years is predicated on the idea of self-ownership and you see it, like in like a basic history book of, you know, they have uncrowned him. I've been, you know, going through chapter by chapter and, uh, and reading about the history of liberalism. Self-ownership is in there. It is like, goes right back to Rousseau <laughs> and like, it's there, it's been tried. And like the, this idea does not work. And it's, mm -hmm. it's like, it's not that they haven't heard about it. It's like, Oh, they've heard about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they know it and they believe it. And the problem is this is the result Liberalism ultimately um, strangles itself in the cradle, quite literally. Oh, I was about to say, <laughs> on your point about how liberalism led to be, uh, people more than what's monarchy, you can almost say liberalism led to the uh, suicide of the West. Anybody to plug and talk about that book, I'm down for it, because it's probably the, uh, the best book a libertarian could read. Besides the Bible. Absolutely. I got I to say that one, too. Yeah, Bible and the Church Fathers. <laughs> It's like yep. they they like they need the church fathers too. You can't just do the Bible, but yeah. and it, like even but even if you did the Bible, you would go back to the Book of Judges. You would see that oh, actually, and Pakistan has been tried. <laughs> it's like <laughs> there is a full blown Hoppian anarcho covenant in the middle of the New Testament. It lasted for four hundred years, and it was a shit show. It's yeah. like it's like and you see them solve the problems like the way libertarians say they would solve these problems. It's like oh yeah, we we have uh you know like you know, we'll privately form militaries when we get invaded. And you know, people will just like come together and kind of happen sometimes. <laughs> and the and the other like 15 times they got invaded, it didn't quite happen like that. <laughs> and yeah, and then you know, and then it would like spawn leadership would spontaneously emerge once it got really bad. People would rally around a leader, an elite, <laughs> and then they and then they'd fight them, they'd fight them off, usually. And yeah. then the and so then eventually and then you eventually you see that them finally give up and say, just give us a king already. We can't do yeah. this. <laughs> it's like, and yeah, and so it's like you, you would so you would say that okay, pure liberalism has already been tried three thousand years ago. It's like this is not at all a new idea. It's like this has a, you know this has been so thoroughly tested by time and and population. By the way, and you know that Ancapistan that version three hundred thousand people. It's like this was not a small population. This was a very large scale trial of Ancapistan and it was a shit show. <laughs> it's like this is that you know this was not, and, and you know you and you fast forward to the New Testament and God's like okay well the reason we went through that exercise so that I could prove to you that this doesn't work. <laughs> it's like literally like his actual explanation of why did we have an old covenant when I knew the whole time this thing wasn't going to work. He's like to prove to you idiots that you stupid monkeys this isn't going to work. <laughs> it's like you better just do it my way. <laughs> and and because it just functionally is wrong doesn't work. And so if you even read the Bible, you would know liberal, liberalism, libertarianism, and Capistan, all that shit doesn't work. It's been tried. It's like, you need God. 
It's like, if you're not starting with God, you know, that's, that's that John chapter one, verse one that I was talking about earlier. If you're not starting there as that's the first principle, the real first principle, and you're starting with something stupid like me, because when you're saying self-ownership, you're, what you're saying is I'm starting with myself. And then, you know, building an idea out, out some, outside of that, you know, out from there. That's what you're starting with. You're starting with the self instead of God as your first principle. And it's like, well, you're not even your own first principle. So yeah. if anybody wanted to hear more about Andrew, just said about uh, judges and uh, first and knuckle covenant community, uh, that, the first episode he was on, on Facebook being practice was covering judges and specifically mm-hmm. that interest. So if anyone wanted to hear more about that, I think it's like a two hour interview we did or something. Maybe I think my yep. longest one besides the 12 hour live stream. So um, I've also got two, two episodes on it uh, at the beginning of my channel. You know, very beginning first two episodes were on, you know, th- you know, this, Anca- this uh, biblical and Capistan, which is by far the most successful, uh, that p- by far the purest, by far the, the most successful version of Ancapistan to ever exist, you know, mm-hmm. and by far the, well, uh, by far the most well-documented one too. <laughs> and so the, uh, the other ones that you don't really give good have good documentation or they're not very pure at all and yeah. you know really they're just misconstruing monarchy for a, or some sort of democracy for actual and capistan uh you know or they're saying or they're, they're claiming a papal state <laughs> is a is it and capistan like like cuspea i always love when when uh you know uh, asa you know t- starts talking about cuspea and, uh, and like the papal state mm, yeah that one <laughs> that <laughs> that what am i okay you say so and but yeah so so like you know like all this stuff it's been tried and you need to like go through the you need to like you know just read the bible libertarians should read the bible and then start reading the church fathers don't stop but just the bible because then you're a protestant that shit doesn't work (laughs) either yeah but i just had two really good tweets both come across the same time one of them is from claire foster which is just such a great account. Such a great account. This horrible SCOTUS decision would never have passed if we had even one black person as a judge. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one from Keep It Real Luke. Guys, you can literally still get abortions. Just get a COVID booster shot. It's literally free. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a great day. Yeah. All well, right, guys. We've gone for an hour and uh, 12 minutes. Uh, anyone have any final words uh, before we uh, do plugs? No, no. Okay, and we go ahead and give you plugs. Uh, you can find me at Popular Liberty underscore on uh, Twitter. You can find me at Politically Catholic on YouTube, and you can you know find me for now at the uh, at GOP Mises on Twitter. We're going to be changing that, you know, to something different, you know, fairly soon. Awesome, Matt. What I'm do you Matt, You can find me at Real Kingpilled on Twitter. That's the best place to get me right now. You can see some of the the past Kingpilled episodes on YouTube if you just look up Kingpilled. Um, there'll be more coming soon, but for now, Twitter is where you're most likely to find me. Okay. Uh, well, we had another great episode of uh, Austria Thomas Roundtable. We said uh, follow to follow us on Twitter. The website will be back up as soon as I can get Bluehost to fucking work with me. It does not want to work. I am, I'm this close to this high when someone to go make it all for me because I cannot get any of it to work. Um, but it will be up hopefully by the end of July. I'm, I'm hoping on that one. Um, we got a lot of great stuff in the world. We're going to do more live readings. We got some Zach Malai time. We're going to do some uh, reading up. So make sure you subscribe. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Ooh, and if you, and uh, just definitely check out the last two episodes of A Monarchy and War by Eric von Kunel-Ledin, who yeah. is uh, one of Yarvin's big influences. You know, he's you know he's he credits like five people for his, you know 
uh, like uh, Thomas Carlyle and Kunal Adin is one of them yeah, that he like, credits for his ideology and his as one of his gateway drugs into you know like by the way Kunal Adin will quote the the church fathers he will quote the the popes he will quote all the all of the correct sources and you can tell where he's coming from yeah. so and and he writes for Mises Institute or at least he used to before he died yeah he's he, he's he's um I think I think Yavin referenced uh, his source of uh, his influences were Carlyle, Burnham, um, Hop I think Hopper was listed, I think, and then uh, Cooler Dean. There's one more I can't remember, but it's I just can't like, these are, the other one. Yeah, these are like people that should be read. Maritime. Be reading. I think Maritime was the was the other one. Mm. Yeah, there's some, some great people. Um, but yeah, make sure you guys like, comment, share, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. We got a lot of got a lot of great stuff coming out. Uh, as you said earlier, as Andrew said, Austrian economics and Thomism is the way to go forward. And so we're going to be bringing you a lot more stuff on both those issues, both those ideas. So um, yeah, everybody, uh, have a good night. Thank you.